If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Oh my, oh my. Amy Coney Barrett confirmed as your next Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America. She's done so being sworn in by Justice Clarence Thomas. And this all happened last night on Hillary Clinton's birthday. Which, look, folks, I got to tell you, I I don't take any... I think it's kind of childish sometimes some of these some of these things but the symbolic uh, nature of this is is something to something to behold something to behold to look at uh, just the the reminder the reminder of what was at stake 4 years ago there would not be an Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court there would not be a Brett Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court there would not be and Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court, we would be looking at a whole different animal in the Supreme Court as we would be looking at another basically legislative branch, another legislative branch set in place by Hillary Clinton and the radical left to basically make sure that we follow the rules, regulations, and guidelines, the uh, those uh, sacred precepts of liberalism in the cases where the United States Congress did not implement uh, laws that liberalism thinks it should have done. So anyway, I want to talk about this today. Good morning. I am your host, Todd Huff. My email address is todd at com. You can email me your thoughts. You can email me your questions, opinions. Here we are one week exactly, one week exactly away from Election Day. And I should mention, too, I should mention, too, that we will be live election night. We will be live election night. Freedom 95 will actually be broadcasting from the studios there on election night. And uh, looking forward to that. You can listen on 95.9 FM here in Metro, uh, well, in central Indiana. You can listen on 9.50 AM here in central Indiana. We'll also be streaming the program I've got the whole team coming. We've got uh, paws and pedals and even bubbles will be there on <laughs> on next Tuesday night. So looking forward forward to that. And we actually have uh, an announcement announcement here to come a little bit uh, later today for our news uh, email newsletter subscribers. You'll get this first 
along with, um, well, and then the rest of you. We'll tell the rest of you tomorrow. But if you want to subscribe to our email and be invited, uh, we're actually going to be doing a drawing to have one of you. That's right, one of you and a guest join us election night at the Freedom 95 studios. We've never done this before. Never done this before. Get to meet everyone on the team and hang out for a bit as we go through election returns. You'll get to watch the uh, program. Get to watch the program from the studios and hang out with the team. Maybe even get some pizza in the process. So if you want to subscribe to our email to get information on how to sign up for that or to enter your name into that drawing, simply go to tiedupshow.com slash subscribe or text Huff, the word Huff to 31996, and you'll get uh, our email newsletter today telling you how to do that. I will discuss that uh, later in the week as well. But I want to start here today. I want to start here today with the confirmation and the swearing in of Amy Coney Barrett as the next associate justice to the Supreme Court of the United States. This has the left in an absolute tizzy. In fact, last night, Last night, my wife and I watched this, again, political theater. Political theater, Democrats walking up dramatically um, right in the center of the screen because, again, they know that this is on camera. They are trying to, um, well, again, they're trying to make some sort of a visual statement, and they all walked up dramatically. Not all of them, but many of them. Maybe it was all of them. I got bored with this bad political theater after a couple of minutes, but they would walk up there and vote no. They would turn their thumb down like this if you're watching on the camera, some of them in a dramatic fashion. In fact, Maisie Hirono, the radical leftist from the great, beautiful state of Hawaii, she walks up and actually says hell no on her vote against Amy Coney Bear. What's What's the objection? Tell us, what is the objection to Amy Coney Barrett? Well, Amy Coney Barrett's going to take away your health care. That's part of their secret plan. In fact, Pelosi released a statement last night. We'll read that as well, some idiotic statement that I want to get into. Uh, but they're, they're promising political retribution. They're not even pretending. There's no longer even a guise of trying to uh, keep this nation unified or to reach across the aisle. They think they're going to win or they want you to think they're going to win in a massive way here in uh, here in a week, these elections, November 3rd, 2020. They want you to think it's going to be so massive that they can, they're going to have complete control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency, which is, of course, a possibility, which is, of course, a possibility. But I don't know if you saw yesterday, a poll was released, and it wasn't Trafalgar. It was uh, the uh, Pennsylvania Post, I believe. I just saw this this morning. Wasn't able to dig too deeply into this, but I did see this. Here it is. Read this on the Post Millennial, but a poll released yesterday by P- the Pennsylvania, uh, well, Insider Advantage, I think, is the name of this polling group. It doesn't say in the article. You've got to read the tweet, and I think... Yeah, I think it's I think it's um, Insider Advantage is the name of this. Likely voters in Pennsylvania following the debate on October 25th. That's when this was conducted. And it says this, Trump 48, Biden 46, 
Jorgensen, 3%, plus 2 for Donald J. Trump. Now, whether that's correct or not, I don't know, but you compare that with polls released um, post-debate, last Thursday's debate, from Trafalgar Group, from the Trafalgar Group. You see Michigan, Trump is up 2, 49-47. Florida, Trump is up 2, 49-47. Arizona, Trump is up 3, 50-47. In all those states, Jorgensen has 2%, so this is in a three-party you know, three party race. So anyway, this is in the wake of of this, of these polls, Right, I, I saw yesterday. I think uh, Nate Nate Silver's group has predicted that Biden has, I believe, an eighty-seven percent chance of winning the election. They've run one hundred simulations, and Biden uh, won the electoral vote in eighty-seven of those. Trump won the electoral vote in eleven of those. You might say, "Well, Todd, what happened?" or excuse me, 12% of those, what happened to the other 1%? Well, there's a 1% chance, according to Nate Silver, of a 269-269 tie. So you got all this all this going on, all this uh, prognostication. You got the rallies. You've seen the pictures. Even Obama, even Obama in Pennsylvania cannot draw a, a, a crowd of more than 50 people, folks. Meanwhile, Trump's out there crisscrossing America, Going all over the place, holding a rally. I mean, it's 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 a remarkable feat. I'm looking at here one in Pennsylvania. You see a lot of blue collar uh, union workers. I mean, you see people of all walks of life. This is remarkable. This crowd that he has he has put together. Of course, they'll call it a super spreader event. I do see I do see masks in this photo as I'm looking right now. So everybody should be safe because we know that masks prevent the spread of COVID, they're telling us now. Anyway, it is, um, it's, a, it's a thing to behold, but Democrats are, they're acting, actually, I read a quote yesterday. The quote was, um, I'm drawing a blank on, I think it might have been Benjamin Franklin, but whoever it was said, I've gotten to, gotten to the point in life where I no longer listen to what people say. I simply watch what people do. And we have to watch what they're doing. Now, they want us to believe that they think this is going to be a landslide, and they're, they're promising political retribution. And, uh, Nancy Pelosi is promising political retribution. Joe Biden is hinting at political retribution, at actual political payback, literally paying back people politically for not being on the side of an issue that he and his party or Nancy Nancy Pelosi, her and her party are on political payback. They will change the court. They will pack the court. They will. Biden was talking yesterday about some sort of a revolving schedule where judges would be moved down to lower courts and then cycle up to the Supreme Court and all sorts of crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. We've had this way that the Supreme Court has worked consistently for, what is it, 150, 156 years, some such number. Biden wants to tinker with that as a form of political retribution for those who endorsed or supported, allowed, if you will, Amy Coney Barrett. And by the way, kudos, kudos to Mitch McConnell. I have been critical of Mitch McConnell on this program in the past. I have not always been proud uh, of the way or happy with the way that Mitch McConnell has run the U.S. Senate. But kudos and applause is necessary for the likes of Mitch McConnell 
and other Republican senators. Make no mistake about this. They have been they have been emboldened by President Donald Trump. This did not exist prior to President Trump being elected president. In fact, it didn't even exist in the early days of his presidency outside of how he acted. No one else in D.C., no one else in D.C. had the uh, the strength in the Republican Party to stick to their guns on these things. He has rubbed off. He has shown them how to do this. He has shown them how to walk through the political fire and come out unscathed. In fact, in many instances, after having walked through that said political fire, President Trump not only comes out unscathed, Republicans often don't, out, don't even come out unscathed, they come out victorious. It's remarkable to me how President Trump has pulled this off time and time and time again. The American people, I believe, now there, there's two groups, there's the group that has been completely, uh, <laughs> completely driven nuts driven to borderline insanity because of their hatred for President Trump. You have that group, that group that believes the guy needs to be impeached, imprisoned, locked away, all these sorts of things. They think that he colluded with Russia. They think that he found some mystical Russian social media marketer with the help of Vladimir Putin where they could use Facebook ads and Pokemon Go ads to trick you into voting for Trump instead of instead of Hillary Clinton back in 2016. Some news on Hillary Clinton as well. Out there floating around, we might get to if we can. But this is, the the, the, the hatred for Trump exists, no doubt. And the media and the Democrat Party have done their level best to stir that up and get that ratcheted up to all-time highs here as we move into the, the final week, folks, of the election. The final week heading up to the actual election day. 60, what is it, 68 million? Is that what I saw? People have voted some such number. Massive, massive numbers for this early. Now, will that translate into more people voting overall or are most people just voting early instead of on election day? That Some of that remains to be seen. I think that we will see higher numbers, but we'll see how that plays out. But the point is, the point is they have, they have spent everything that they have every bit of their political capital into you hating, into other Americans hating Donald Trump. But when you look at these rallies, when you look at the economy prior to COVID, even the way the economy has responded since COVID, when you look at just you know the question as to whether or not you are personally better off than you were four years ago, when you look at these things, when you see the direction of America, when you see the Uh, the Trump administration embracing liberty in the Constitution and regulations being reduced and companies being freed up. And you looked at the direction, the trajectory that we were on with the Trump economy versus to where we were in those years of malaise and terrible GDP numbers and new normals with Obama back in 2008 to 2016, right? Right. Things have just changed. We're never going to see a roaring economy again. That's what we were told. That all changed again when President Trump was elected. All this stuff, all this stuff is is on the ballot here in 2016 or 2020, I should say. It's not. It shouldn't be. Trump is 
bad at Twitter or I hate Trump. It's amazing to see this. But this culminated last night in some respect with the Amy Coney Barrett nomination. Just think about that, folks. I remember back in 2016, I remember talking about this. I remember pleading with my conservative and Republican friends, those that said they could not vote for Trump, those that set out the race, those that actually, God forbid, cast a vote for Hillary Clinton. I remember pleading and begging, trying to explain the reasons why you should they should have not done that. I remember that. Did not understand this. I'm not going to vote. Because you're going to have a president. You might as well pick the one that is closest to what America needs. The closest one to represent you and your interests, which was clearly Donald J. Trump in 2016. And it is clearly Donald J. Trump in 2020. And now we've had three Supreme Court justices nominated as a result, a direct, 100% direct result of, those, of that decision made in 2016. And President Trump saw through yet another Supreme Court justice last night, perhaps the one who we should be most excited about because of her, uh, her demeanor, her focus on interpreting and implying the law and the Constitution as written, and not creating up law on the spot, on the bench, realizing that that is the job of the legislature. Congratulations to Amy Coney Barrett. Congratulations to President Trump. Congratulations to Mitch McConnell. You all did a good job. In fact, Amy Coney Barrett did a remarkable job. Remarkable job. And this is exactly what needs to happen. This is one of the reasons we need four more years of President Donald J. Trump in case if there's another vacancy or two. We've got to get more and more people on that court that interpret the law, that apply the law, that don't create the law, that are not judicial activists, that are trying to implement liberalism from the bench. Got to take a break. Got to take a break here, but again, big, big moment last night. They said it couldn't be done. It was done. Now the left is promising retribution, folks. Retribution. We'll talk about Nancy Pelosi and the promises of payback. The promises of payback that she's threatening upon Republicans through her stupid little announcement, uh, press release, whatever, last night. We'll do that after the break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk, which I much, must advise you, must remind you, this program can cause you to lean to the right. So be careful as you drive about today. On those roadways, if you're operating heavy machinery, listening can, in fact, cause you to lean to the right. Be back in just a minute. You know, Biden's out here giving us all these ideas and recommendations on how we can change the court, how we can pack the court, how he can pack the court, how liberals can pack the court, even if it's not directly by adding justices, maybe they can stack the deck in another way. Maybe they can rotate all of the uh, judges from lower courts, liberal courts to the Supreme Court to get the desired outcome. Heck, here's an idea for you, Team Joe. Why don't you just nominate – why don't you just unilaterally put um, some of the folks that Hunter has been dealing with? I mean I can see that they've been asking for quid pro quos. Can you not just – instead of giving them um, some sort of a lucrative 
position somewhere in uh, in government, ambassador, um, you know, maybe on some committee or team designed to fight whatever thing the government's trying to solve and fix for us, why don't you just give them a Supreme Court nomination? <laughs> I Could Hunter, could Hunter be on the Supreme Court? There's an idea. Maybe that'll fix the problem as well. The way that Biden and his family have allegedly appeared to have been operating, I put nothing past them. This is a playbook straight from Hillary Clinton 2016. You know, it's funny how people look at this, at the Hunter Biden scandal, the emails. Of course, Biden says, I got a clip from Biden too, saying how it's not a scandal. But you look at this, you look at this and you realize, you know, some people look at this and say, well, this is Trump doing the same thing to Hillary or to Biden that he did to Hillary in 16. But in reality, what it is, is that both of these individuals have been exposed for corruption. Hillary through the Clinton Foundation, Joe through Hunter, at least to the point where legitimate questions and investigation need to be need to be asked, or journalists need to have some degree of curiosity in asking these questions. But anyway, maybe that's a plan for Joe. Just nominate Biden's uh, Hunter's friends to the court, create other openings, vacancies, pack the court, and just throw people on there that have personally enriched you and your family, allegedly. We could throw that in there. But let's look, let's look here quickly at what uh, Nancy Pelosi says last night via Twitter. Via Twitter, she tweets out a couple of tweets along with her full statement. She says this, President Trump and Senate Republicans have committed an act of supreme desperation, jamming through a Supreme Court nominee just eight days before Election Day as part of their years-long campaign to destroy Americans' health care. I mean, the stupidity of this. Why? Folks, why would... (laughs) Why would... There's just so many questions. And and I've actually heard people talking about this. The amount of misinformation out there. I, I, in fact, heard someone last week explaining to me how Amy Coney Barrett was already on the Supreme Court, which, of course, wasn't the case. Amy Coney Barrett taking away her health care personally. That was Amy Coney Barrett's mission to go in there in the Supreme Court. First day they get together, Amy Coney Barrett's going to raise her hand and say, hey, I've been confirmed here. We're going to take away Americans' health care. As though that's the way that this works, as though Amy Coney Barrett has, I guess, first of all, even those desires and intentions. Secondly, the power to do so. It's just simply not the way it looks, the way it works, any of that stuff. But this is what they want. They want you to be afraid. They want you to be fearful. They want you to... Cast your ballot based upon how much you fear Trump and his administration, not upon based upon how much you like Biden or whatever other crazy nonsense he's out there. By the way, Biden said started to say he was running against George W. Bush the other day. I don't know if you saw that as well. Biden talked about his, his opponent, George. He said George twice, and then finally he said Trump. But it was clear that he was, well, who knows what's clear anymore, but it was It seemed obvious if you watched that he was going to say he was running against George W. Bush. But Nancy Pelosi continues her tweet here, the president's Supreme Court manipulation. So what is manipulation? Manipulation in the the mind of Nancy Pelosi, 
Nancy Pelosi, the radical. I mean, just there's so many things about Nancy Pelosi that are bad, uh, not just ideologically, but truly bad for America. This set of tweets is, is one example. But manipulation to Nancy Pelosi means a president who is elected for a four-year term fulfilling his constitutional responsibilities, exercising his constitutional powers and nominating a Supreme Court justice who, by the way, the most terrifying thing that she said was that she will interpret the law. She's an originalist. She's from the uh, – she she's, looks at the law like she looks at the uh, – like the late Antonin Scalia looked at interpreting the law, the role of a justice. This terrifies them. They want someone there who can help further liberalism when liberalism loses in – Congress, when liberalism loses at the ballot box, which candidly it loses a lot. And there's a reason for that. The reason for that is that most Americans are not liberal. Most Americans, folks, live their lives as conservatives. Now, they can be either tricked into believing these liberal lies and nonsense, or there many of them are simply single-issue voters. Many people who are Democrats side with the Democrat Party on one key issue, whether it be abortion, whether it be labor, whether it be maybe in some cases uh, gun control, one issue. The rest of the the rest of their ideology is uh, found within the Republican Party, but yet there's one key issue that they believe so strongly in, and the Democrats have enticed them over to you know to to join them. They will throw everything else out the window, even if it's 80% conservative, to connect with the one single issue, the one single issue in the Democrat Party. But what happens as a result? What happens as a result is a bunch of single issue voters create a radically left Congress, create a Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And again, Pelosi wants you to believe that President Trump, I guess, cannot constitutionally nominate a judge, a justice, during uh, during our election. Now, there was a point in time when America didn't have a, you know, a during the election. There was an election day. Now we've got elections that run on for a long time. And I'm, I'm not against early voting and those sorts of things as long as they can be done safely and securely. But... Now we've got during an election, as though that's written somewhere in the Constitution, as though that's something historically you know, sacred that presidents didn't do. Folks, it didn't happen. There was an election day until relatively recent, relatively recent times. So this whole concept that Trump is manipulating the court system by nominating someone that he's completely constitutionally – uh, given the authorization to do during his term as president, that's manipulation. And she says that those that that manipulation threatens the very values and rights that define and distinguish our nation. I'm not going to read you her whole stupid comment, but that gives you an idea of what she thinks. It's not what she thinks. Again, it's political theater. It's bad political theater. It's bad political theater as Nancy Pelosi here is trying to play the role of, I guess, Cruella DeVille. I don't know. But she does so very, very badly. Bad political theater. They're trying to use this again to stir up hatred, animosity, misinformation to get folks fired up and infuriated 
at President Trump and Republicans in the Senate because the Democrats, look, they act as though this is a slam dunk, but I'm telling you their actions tell us something altogether different. And polls are starting to tell us something altogether different as well. This is just like 2016 again, folks. I'll talk about that a little bit on the other side of this break. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. So here we are, final run, final week of this campaign, of this election, I guess you could even say, since we've got early voting going on. And it is, again, not what they want you to believe. It's not what they want you to believe. In fact, the Daily Wire, Daily Wire has a piece out saying that the polls in 2020 are nearly identical to what they were in 2016. And this is, of course, uh, studying or referencing the real clear politics um, average of polls. So it says the findings are that Biden is up a half a point over where Clinton was in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Arizona, and Wisconsin. That's where we find ourselves. If these polls, again, are correct, which people like the Trafalgar Group are saying that they are not correct. This, I am telling you, this is, it is certainly possible for all the key swing states to tip in favor of Joe Biden. But it is also absolutely positively possible for these swing states to tip in the favor of Donald J. Trump as well. And now if you believe this latest poll coming out from Pennsylvania, that's a massive problem. I don't see any way possible. I shouldn't say any way possible, but it becomes incredibly unlikely for Joe Biden to win this election if he does not win the state of Pennsylvania. If President Trump wins Pennsylvania... If President Trump wins Pennsylvania, which this new poll shows him ahead. And folks, why shouldn't it? Why shouldn't it? You look at what Biden said about fracking, about what Biden said about uh, big oil and how he's going to transition from oil to whatever else. Wind power, solar power, just who knows, something else that Hunter, uh, some technology that Hunter uh, gets the Chinese to give him um, in return for presidential favors from Joe Biden in the White House. And then Hunter Biden becomes wealthy off of that as well. Whatever other technology that's out there that's not basically coal-based, then Biden is going to push for it. I'm not, I'm not against alternative energy sources. I'm just against – you talk about manipulation, Nancy Pelosi – she said that Trump is manipulating the courts. Biden is manipulating the markets. This is not how solutions should be reached in this country through government force and coercion. They instead should happen through market responses to what individuals want and what consumers need. And so Biden wants to stop, stop 
I guess for those, if you have a job in the oil industry, Biden wants your job to transition away. There's no other way of looking at it. And who knows? He probably tells you that you can find the job, you know, programming computers. You know, anybody can remember that comedy made. Anybody can do some such skill. I forget what it was. Be a coal miner or something. Anybody can do that. We got to teach people to do some programming as though he's going to pull these guys out of coal mines and suddenly they're all going to be computer programmers as though that's the way that that works. But Biden knows because he's a liberal. Biden's got the answers for everybody's problems because he's a liberal and they believe that they're smarter than everyone else and that they should have more power, more control over the individual. In fact, if individuals would just do things the way that they said that they should be done, all of America's problems would go away because liberals know everything. That's what they want you to believe. But of course, this is nothing uh, but complete silliness and nonsensical rhetoric that we see coming from the left. And it's another example of why their ideas lead to nothing but failure, increased in t- increased taxes, increased cost, decreased productivity, some sort of a silly rule, law, regulation, certainly coming out the backside of this. But this is, again, this is what we're, what, what, what's on the ballot. It's, it's an ideological, we have two diametrically opposed ideologies on this ballot. That's what it is. One embraces freedom, one embraces the individual, one believes that you should keep more of what you earn, one believes that you should be able to worship as you please, one believes that you should be able to go to church or to the gym and not be forced indefinitely to never set foot in those places again or to regulate singing. That's the Democrat Party in some of these crazy places. I mean, we have two diametrically opposed ideologies. One believes in capitalism. One believes in socialism. One believes in exercising constitutional powers of the presidency. The other believes in creating scenarios where they pack the Supreme Court to get what they want. That's what's on this ballot. Well, it's on the ballot right now, but it's on the ballot finally, once and for all, on Election Day, which is one week away. So that being said, sit tight. I want to get to some comments that Hillary Clinton made. Yes, Hillary Clinton's still in the news. In the news, that should not, you know, Hillary Clinton should not be in the news if you're the Democrats. I mean, they they should have wanted to put her out of any media. She should. I mean, it's just that she can't get over 2016 still. But they should have wanted to make sure that she was nowhere near a microphone or a reporter. A week away from Election Day. But yes, she is. She can't help herself, and I want to share some of the things she said on the other side of the break. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So Hillary Clinton in the news. She had an interview with Axios. She, in the past, has called you a deplorable. Remember this? Your basket of deplorables. Now she is calling you, if you're a Republican here in 2020, or if you're looking to uh, vote Republican, she says that Republican, most Republicans are have been cowards, spineless enablers of President Trump. So not only are you a deplorable, 
You're also a coward, <laughs> and you're also a spineless enabler, according to Hillary Clinton, of President Trump. Now, she also believes that Republicans are want to see President Trump gone as much as the left, but, quote, they can't say it publicly. I shouldn't I, – I need to get this correct. There's an article in Axios – that highlights an interview that she had with the New York Times opinion pod, uh, podcast called Sway. So this is coming from a conversation in Sway. She also thinks that a female president would have handled the pandemic better. Female president would have handled the pandemic better. Um, question during the interview Asked by the host, Swisher, you noted that a lot of countries that did the best in the pandemic were led by women. Do you think a <laughs> I just what is it, this question? Do you think a woman president in the United States would handle the pandemic better? I have no doubt, especially if it were me, Clinton says. I have no doubt. I mean, I was born for that. She was born. Hillary Clinton was born to fix the pandemic. Maybe Biden should appoint her. I mean, Biden's already going to cure. He's got a busy first day. He's going to get rid of the Trump tax cuts. He's going to raise taxes on uh, people who do make over $400,000 in addition to raising taxes on everyone for getting rid of the Trump tax cuts. Then he's going to cure cancer. Then he's going to cure Alzheimer's. Then he's going to cure diabetes. I may have the order wrong, but that's what he's going to do. On top of that, he's probably going to cure the coronavirus, which Hillary's telling us he needs a woman leading the charge because oh sorry about that a woman leading the charge because women do better at managing the coronavirus than men didn't realize that this that just the the how some of these people think is just beyond my ability to to truly truly I understand it in one sense but in another sense it's remarkably idiotic um so that's what we have she's out there And she also said it makes her literally sick to her stomach to think we may have four more years of President Trump and his abuse and destruction of our institutions, damaging of our norms and values, lessening of our leadership. The list goes on. She thinks she lives rent-free in President Trump's head. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's the way that that works out. You live rent-free in President Trump's head. Give me a break. That is exactly the opposite, and I've got to take a break. Come back and wrap up for the day. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. Oh, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Final week, folks. Final week. If you haven't voted, get out and I need to still vote. I haven't voted yet. Probably vote. Uh, maybe today or tomorrow, see what those lines look like, but need to get out and vote. Also, we will be live. I mentioned this earlier in the program. We're going to be live election night, so you can join us on the radio. You can join us uh, on our website. You can join us on social media, wherever it is that you would like to watch and hear us discuss in real time live the returns from the election and that sort of thing. On election night beginning at 9 Eastern and going until 11, that's the plan as of right now. You can also enter for a chance to be there with us. We've never done this before. 
but we're going to have a couple of folks there live if you want to enter that drawing all you got to do right now i'll tell you more about it tomorrow but sign up for our newsletter toddfshow.com slash subscribe have a great day see you tomorrow sdg take care